Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast. Today I have Megan Schwan with me with Sidekick Accounting. And Megan and I are in a group uh, together for entrepreneurs. So I met Megan a year or so ago and I've really enjoyed watching her grow her business and be vulnerable as a leader and grow as a leader. And I'm excited for you to share more of what you're doing with us today. Can you tell us how and why you started your business? I like to say I kind of fell into business ownership. (laughs) So I didn't ever think I was going to have a business. Long story short, um, I was newly married and needed to find something to happen because I had worked two jobs and got laid off of both of those jobs and still needed to provide for my family. And it was kind of like, okay, now what? So one of the jobs I had, I was a bookkeeper at a landscaping company. And I figured if I could do it for them, I could probably do it for other people. And that was kind of what got me into small business ownership. Um, I had done taxes on the side and so bookkeeping just kind of seemed like it would make sense to add to the to the thing and officially make it into a business. So I started networking and just telling people that I was doing this. And, you know, nine years later, we have almost 100 clients nationally and I have uh, six other team members. And, you know, we're laying out our goals for the next few years and the sky is pretty much the limit because we're planning to just keep growing from here. <laughs> so that was that was kind of what happened there. Um, the whys changed a little bit. Initially, it was um, just to provide for my family and have that flexibility. I was, you know, I had my daughter when I was 16. And then I had my son was when I got laid off. He, he was about two. So I was able to work mostly from home um, with him. Um, But now it's kind of transitioned as I'm now a mom of four and I'm a single mom now, Um, you know, and just being able to have a small business that supports my livelihood and supports my kids. And that's usually the case for other small business owners. So that's really what drives the passion now. And we don't just do bookkeeping or, you know, check off that box. We really come alongside our clients and really act as a sidekick to help them along their own business journey as well. So it's it's a lot of fun and it's exciting and we do it a little bit differently than the typical firm. And so that's kind of our why now. It's more passion driven, I think, than, you know, just tactical, <laughs> technical driven. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that you're um, continuing to improve personally in terms of your education, right? And the things that you can offer your clients. And then also being driven by how do I create this lifestyle as a business owner that I love and then help other business owners do the same? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're always working on improving and then we're, we focus a lot on proactivity. As you've been growing your team, how have you realized that you've had to develop as a leader? I, I mean, I've definitely have had to develop as a leader, but I guess it was kind of a surprise that that was what actually needed to happen because um, I'm an accountant, you know, so I tend to be a little bit more introverted. I would say I'm probably in the middle between an introvert and extrovert, but you know, from my perspective, when I first started, I'm like, oh, I can just like, you know, do this thing behind the computer. Except when you're building a business, you actually have to like talk to people and network if you want to grow. So (laughs) I had to learn how to do that. 
and actually found I actually really enjoy it, talking to people and talk and figuring out their problems, you know, and how to help bring solutions from like an accounting perspective. Um, but then with leadership, I mean, like as a leader of your company, you really set the tone for everything. So how you show up is how your employees show up and, you know, how you show up with your clients, especially from like our, well, any services really, because you're, you're coming in to your clients' lives as an expert, right? So you have to show up as the expert with that level of confidence and clarity. And even if you don't know all the answers, you have to, you know, indicate that you will find the answers for them, you know, or be able to assist them in finding the person who has the answers, whatever that may be. So developing as a leader has definitely been something that I've had to do um, and have to continue to do as I'm growing this business, because it's just in the nature of things. And I think a lot of times, like business owners, we we start the business that we have because we're good at whatever we're doing, right? Or we know how to do whatever we're doing, you know, so anything from jewelry making to construction to accounting, we know how to do that thing. But when it comes to growing a business, it's this whole other animal with all of these different parts and pieces. And I think part of the leadership is really, you know, maintaining the vision and then also learning how to be consistent and continually improving uh, as an individual as well, so that you can lead your organization to wherever you're trying to lead it. So business, personal, professional development is definitely a key piece to growing a bigger business, you know, <laughs> outside of yourself. <laughs> it's just kind of what happens. Yeah. I love what you shared there. And when you said about growing yourself as a leader, because your team needs you to, is the piece that I've been really thinking about because we're the lid for the capacity of our business and the capacity of our team. The lid or the bottleneck. I always tell my team I'm the bottleneck. <laughs> it's Working true. On delegating it's more. True. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's absolutely true. So when you think about yourself and working on delegating, what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself in addition to, you know, introvert versus extrovert? How much has learning more about yourself helped you become a better leader for your team? What's really helped learning more about myself is learning about, you know, the things I like to do or the things that I don't like to do, the things that, you know, to like talk about the bottleneck, like what's, what's causing me to not progress or do the thing, you know, and that's usually a great indication that somebody else should be doing that thing because believe it or not, the things that you don't like to do, somebody else likes to do, you know, so finding those people um, to do those things is really what helps advance a business. And so I think learning more about what those things are for me definitely helps me to be pointed in the right direction. Like, what do I want to do, you know, at this point, you know, or want to continue to be able to do out of my business? And then what is, what does everything else need to look like for somebody else to do those things? so that we can keep progressing forward. So that's definitely been a huge part, especially over the last few years as I've been growing my team. And now as we're like, you know, visioning out for the next three to five years of what that's going to look like, what are those, what are those pieces and what do I need to focus on in order to only be doing the things that I, that I'm good at and that I can do um, versus what other people could probably be doing instead. It sounds like you're setting your company up for success when you're focused on the vision and focused on working in your zone of genius 
and then Mm -hmm. believing that the other people on your team want to do the things you don't want to do. That's the the hard part, right? Yes. (laughs) Now let's think a little bit about the other businesses that you help. And when you think about some of the numbers, because I know you've been really good as an accountant and doing business a little bit differently and wanting people to know their numbers, what are some of the numbers that you think are important for business owners to know? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So some of the numbers right off the top of my head are definitely profit margins. So you have your gross profit margin and your net profit margin, which essentially allows you to see like what's left over. So like if you took everything that's directly related to creating your goods and services, what, what cost, what is that cost? So like, for instance, if I'm, if I'm making some jewelry and it costs me $3 to make, but I can sell it for $10, then my profit margin is 70%. And that's a really important number to know because typically you want that percentage to be somewhere around 30 to 40% minimum because pretty that percentage has to carry all of the overhead of your business. So right off the bat, if your gross profit margins are too low, you're headed towards uh, lots of debt or you're headed towards business closure or some other kind of problem there. So those two are really important. And then your net profit margin is after all of your expenses are taken out, what's left over. And typically you want to well, you want to generally shoot for about 10 plus percentage there, but that 10 plus percentage should include the owner's salary, which is the other piece like people forget. It's like, oh, I didn't pay myself and now I only have $5,000 left over after all my expenses and I'm only paying myself $5,000. Well, that's a problem because as a CEO, and you are a CEO if you own your business <laughs> and having that mindset is really important, but nobody else is going to work as a CEO for $5,000. So you want to make sure your business is structured and modeled correctly to be able to support a salary, a reasonable salary for you, as well as for the operations of your business. So the net profit, including or after your owner's pay should be around 10, 10 to 12% is usually like the target, like the high ideal target. It is very industry specific though. So you definitely want to make sure you're looking at your industry specific comparabilities for that. And then of course, taxes is the other one. So with taxes, you want to plan for about 20 to 30% of your net income. And that's another big percentage people forget about. And then at the end of the year, they're surprised by their tax bill because they might've had a profitable year, but they didn't plan for that profitable year. So that's definitely probably the three big percentages that right off the bat, you want to make sure you're trying to pay attention to, or that you are paying attention to, to make sure that you have a, a good start or, you know, continuality for your business. That is very helpful. I really appreciate you sharing those percentages. And when I was 18, I started in the furniture industry. It was a little bit of a mix because, um, my parents had two different visions. And so my mom was a designer and had more of a design-based perspective and ordered all the furniture for it to be a designer-based showroom. And my dad was more of a resources-based person and he took an old storage warehouse and converted it. So we had a design showroom in a storage warehouse with low overhead. And his thought was that we would be selling mattresses out of you know, for a cheap price because we had low overhead. So when I was trying to figure out my percentages, I'm going off of the the industry standards that I had heard of, you know, which is, um, you know, multiplying by two. 
So let's say a 50% profit margin at the time, or, you know, mark things up times two. And when people would hear about that, they'd be like, oh my word, furniture has such high markup. Well, at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, that was not high enough, especially because we were a design-based firm and had less clients with more handholding, you know? And so what you're saying about the percentage is just giving space for the fact that every business has to do a very different percentage than maybe even another business in their same industry. And so being able to work with someone and work through that would be huge to be able to figure out, you know, and the other thing that comes to mind is when people say, like, let's say that somebody's making 60,000 a year in their current position and they want to go into business. You need to make at least 120,000. I mean, depending on the industry, but even right. if it's a service-based business, because of the the different taxes and expenses and the investments, um, to be able to make it a viable product that's worth leaving your job for, even if yeah. 120,000 sounds like a lot, it's really probably the same as what you were making before at best. Yeah. Yeah. Your revenue and income are two different things. <laughs> That's for sure. Cute. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you think about helping businesses, what is the way that you believe that your company helps businesses different? What is your unique zone of genius? For us, one, one, well, there's two things I would say. One is that we really prioritize getting reports out on time. So we make sure we do everything we possibly can do to make sure every client has the reports by the 15th, ideally, but no later than the 20th for sure. Um, And the reason for that is because our premise is to help people grow and you can't make operational decisions or look at your information if you don't have it in front of you. So that's one of the big things that we do. We actually get a lot of clients from other firms that don't get reports because we make that a priority. And then the second thing, which kind of goes hand in hand with that, is that we also do a lot of education. So we start with our clients with their goals and then work backwards from them with them. So we actually help them figure out what their goals are and then how to translate that into numbers so that they can start monitoring and paying attention to and managing um, that information and that data to make sure they're in line and moving towards what those goals are for themselves. So we we do that, I think, pretty uniquely um, than a lot of other firms. Because again, we're, we're there to be like to literally be a sidekick to your business. So we're not just in the background, we're, we're there actively to help you meet your goals and grow your business the way that you want it to grow. Megan, what you're saying really does speak to something that's different. Because I've worked with multiple companies in the past. And the firm that we had worked with for a while was even a larger firm. And they did not offer those things, make it a priority or do those things. I would say that they gave the impression they would, and I would say that they wanted to, but the way that their systems were set up was get the taxes done at the last minute, take a vacation because we've been overworked for the last three months while we tried to do everybody's taxes and fit them in, and then start on the next section of books because we have another deadline for the people that filed late and then take another vacation because this is our last vacation before the, I mean, it was like, there wasn't a focus on being able to help have strategy Mm -hmm. on how to run the business. 
we're really there for more of the day-to-day than the taxes. I mean, taxes are definitely important and that is one of the services that we offer, but our primary focus is on helping businesses grow, which there is the tax component to that, but it really Mm -hmm. comes down to like how your business is modeled and how your pricing is set up and, you know, how you look at your KPIs and your margins and set KPIs. And that's, those are some of the things that we focus more so on helping um, and then the tax is just kind of a sub piece to what we do for services. It's still very important because we also do tax prep and tax planning, which both are really important towards the growth of a small business. But you really need to first focus on making sure whatever you're doing is viable to the growth you're, that you're wanting to see. And that's what we we help businesses focus on. I love what I'm hearing you say in terms of you've created a vision for a company that serves your clients in a very different way. Virtually, you have a hundred clients right now. You have big visions for three to five years from now. That means that you have to have systems in place to be able to, you know, take on more clients and serve at this level, which is not being done currently. So you're having to invent new ways of doing things. I love this. So again, when you think about business owners and the people that you've been working with, what are some of the things that come to mind that you would love for them to know more about? Well, one thing for sure is that it's a journey. Like I think a lot of times people, you know, as business owners, we look at other people and we're like, oh, they're so successful or look at all these things that they're accomplishing. And then there's little me over here. But the truth is, is that it's, it is a journey. Like at each step of business growth, there are different things that you need to focus on, you know? And so sometimes there can be even this guilt thing, like when you go to webinars or seminars or retreats and you're like, oh, I haven't done that, but I know I really should. And the truth of the matter is that there's always something. There's always things that can be approved upon. There's always things that you need to focus on and shift to focusing on. So I think the biggest thing as like a business owner along your business growth is to give yourself grace, you know, because then there's also like real life that comes in and, derails things sometimes too because we're all humans and there's always things that are that are in our personal lives and as a business owner you can't just take the day off the same way that you can as an employee like there are you have responsibilities and you have deadlines and things that need to be set up and I mean you can definitely cover those things by putting a team in place but when you're first starting out you don't have that So I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is to give myself some grace and also to remember that what I think is like God awful because I've got, you know, high standards for myself, my clients most likely won't see as the same at the same level. Like as long as I'm being communicative with them and apologetic if necessary, you know, then most of the time, most people are very accommodating to whatever is happening because we all have our life happening and things that are going on. But having that grace is definitely a big point. And then, you know, goals is really an important part of growing your business too. That's one thing that I've really been good at. I haven't been very good in all honesty at setting like the daily goals and all that. That's my like 2023 goal (laughs) is to get better on that on a daily basis. But I have consistently set quarterly and annual goals for myself. And I think that's been really huge because one, it makes you feel good when you hit those. And then the other part too, is then you have a direction to go in. And when you don't have a direction to go in, you kind of are all over the place. And so really establishing that for yourself is really huge towards working towards, you know, that end goal and that vision, 
you know, farther down the line. Well, I love vision. I believe that it, it's something for leadership, right? We can lead with vision and then manage the priorities, (laughs) manage the individual goals. What you said really reminded me of something that's been on my heart for a while, thinking about it from an accounting perspective. And I believe that our budgets, our financial budgets, personally and professionally, show what we believe in, right? Where we spend our money. If we believe that marketing is super important, we're going to put a lot of money into marketing. If we believe that that's a waste of money, we're not going to put a lot of money into marketing. What I would love to see is that businesses have leadership development and reinvesting in their team as a huge part of the expense. And I know that um, it's not often a line item. You know, it might say something like professional services on a, Mm -hmm. you know, typical uh, profit and loss. But what are the chances that we could make leadership development for ourselves, our team, you know, professional consulting, a bigger line item on expenses and a bigger percentage? Yeah, that's I yeah, and I mean the goal is like when you invest in something like that that it becomes a lower percentage, right? Because whatever you're investing into yourself should have some kind of monetary return on investment as well. But it typically is an investment. And so, you know, I have personally done business coaching since I started my business. I bartered services with uh with a company for a few years when we, when I first started. So I did their accounting and they did coaching for me. And that was huge towards just learning how to operate a business, how to do sales, how to set goals. Like I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. So business coaching has been really, really big for me. And it's always been an investment because you think of it as like, you know, in sports, right? So you, Sports people, they they know how to do what they do, but they always have a coach. And if you're working with a good coach, they're going to act in the same capacity where they're going to help you meet your goals by keeping you accountable, by giving you a different perspective or a different play on something. And that's that's my been my experience with business coaching. But then you also have things like professional development could be more education, like how to zone in onto your skills. Um, we were just going over like our three year, our three year plan in our budgets, and we we allocated funds, you know, or we're going we're going to be have been allocating funds towards our employee development as well because you're you're as strong as your team is, you know, and each team member plays a different part, but you need to be investing in them, and then also too in our current job market, like that's something employees want to be able to do as well. They want to be able to develop personally and professionally within their job as well. So that's a huge like employee benefit also is to pour back into your team. But as a leader, I think that's something that you always have to consistently be doing as well. So having that be part of your budget and putting that money aside is definitely important. I always tell people when it comes to your budget or your financial model, like do the research, you know? So like if you're interested in doing that, find out how much it's going to cost you, you know, so you can work that into your budget and be able to plan for that as you continue to grow as well. So yes, I think it's a really important part of being a leader and growing a business is to have that professional development piece be in there. What you said about doing the research really speaks to something that I've learned and I didn't even realize I was doing it in a way. But when we believe that we're creating companies and we believe that we are the people that we say we are, then doing the research ahead of time is part of that, right? Some, 
where am I going with this? When, when we don't know how much it costs to invest before we have the money, then we don't know how to invest in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Yeah. And there's, you know, I, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying and I'm trying to like put it into perspective for money wise as well. I think the biggest thing, like when I'm thinking about investing into something that doesn't have like, um, like a real live now return on investment, I got to think about a couple of things. One, I have to think about like what my time is worth. So like if I'm going to invest in hiring a VA or something like that and a VA cost, you know, 30 bucks an hour, but my time based off of my sales and what I know I have to put into sales in order to get a new client or a product sold or whatever that might be, I can figure out that my time is actually worth, you know, like a hundred dollars an hour, for instance. So I know that that's an investment, even though I might not be able to necessarily afford the $30 an hour, but knowing I can reallocate that time to something that is going to be money driven or revenue driven is, it makes sense. Then it becomes a no brainer. Right. And so when it comes to professional development though, it's not as sometimes as cut and dry as that. So I think what you have to think about from that perspective is what is the outcome going to be for you? So like if I hire a business coach because I don't know exactly how to set up my company, or for instance, like we hired an HR consultant this year, um, or really more in HR, she's really like a hiring people consultant. So she helps with team building um, and, you know, what positions are and all of that. And it's been really great, especially for my operations manager, because she deals with all the people in our organization. But, you know, that hasn't, that hasn't, didn't have a direct monetary result. However, what it did was give her more confidence, gave me more confidence to be able to understand how to build our, our team. And sometimes that's what it is from hiring a professional. It's not necessarily directly tied to money, but if I feel more confident and I don't deal with fear anymore and, or at least not on the same level, or I figure out how to deal with my triggers or know what thing to step to work on next, you know, how is that driving your business forward? And if you're not sure if it's going to work out, do a smaller engagement, do only a few months, you know, kind of a thing before, you know, you jump in full feet for two year engagement or whatever it might be. So you can, you typically do things in smaller chunks, but sometimes those non, you know, directly revenue related things can be harder investments to make. But a lot of times too, they're usually the most impactful because they're addressing deeper things than just you know, black and white numbers, if that makes sense. You're speaking to so many important things. And I love how looking at the numbers, being aware of the numbers, having these conversations can create stronger, healthier businesses and business leaders. This is absolutely crucial. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like you're a foundational piece to businesses being able to be successful. I know when I had first heard you that you wanted to help change the trajectory of businesses that were failing or the number of businesses that were succeeding. Do you mm -hmm. feel like with your clients that you've been able to make an impact in the way that you were really hoping to? And do you know the level of success? Yeah. 
So I always, one of the taglines that we say is that we want to change the statistic that eight out of 10 businesses fail, which is a statistic from the SBA several years ago, but I think it's about the same. I think the biggest indication of our success, and you know, we can't take a hundred percent credit for it, but during COVID, for instance, was a huge indication and only two of our clients um, closed temporarily because of the mandated shutdowns. But pretty much, I would say 95% of our businesses actually had their best year ever during COVID. And we work with a variety of industries. Like we have restaurants included in there. We have boutique stores included in there. We have service-based clients, construction-based clients. So we have a number of different types of industries and they, they have most of them, if not almost all of them did better in 2020 and 2021 than they have at any other point in the, their business. And so, like I said, not directly related to us, but I think having that knowledge and the numbers in front of you, and then somebody to talk to the, about those things with definitely helps people to make better decisions when it comes to their operations, which is really why we do what we do. It's to give you better information, more data, better data so that you can make data-driven decisions for how you operate and grow your business. So with that in mind, as people are growing their businesses, and it seems like there's different things that happen at different levels, have you seen that to be true as businesses grow? There's sort of different things that business owners need to be aware of at different stages of the business? Yeah. And I mean, taxes is definitely a number one thing, no matter what, because it's a big chunk of being a business owner and you definitely don't want to get blindsided by that. But in terms of like other things, I think along your business journey, different things become more priority. So like the first three years, I would say you're really just trying to figure out what what you're doing, what your business is doing, what clients you like to serve, how hard it is to get clients and sell your products. Um, really building like that base of recognition, brand recognition, awareness, all of those things. Usually between the first one to three years, you're figuring those things out. So it's a lot of reinvesting. It's a lot of testing and measuring. It's a lot of, I think, reflection that needs to happen on there to make sure that you're you're in the right path and that you're doing what you want to do and that your idea is feasible and and what it takes like I said like client acquisition cost and you know all of those pieces <laughs> is usually the first three years um and then you know the next and usually between that point you know it depends on the business of course or the industry of course but usually you're somewhere between zero and I would say like 200 $250,000 is usually that first few years, especially if you're service-based, I would say that's probably a really great number. And then you have like the next, I would say like three to 10 years or something along those lines where, you know, that's where you, you know what you're doing and then you're really just refining different things. So you're either building your team and refining that or you're cinching down on your niche or you're looking at, you know, what other services uh, you can be providing or products you can be providing that kind of piggy off of other things that you're providing already, you know, so that, that part, I think you really, you really focus a lot more on like the technical pieces and the strategical pieces of building, actually building a business. So that's like, those are the businesses that we serve a lot of is in that range. We, we serve smaller clients as well, but usually the three year mark 
and above is where people start to get more intentional about what they're doing. So that's when they're like, I need a bookkeeper because I've been doing this, but I really need to get some strategy involved. Or I've been doing this, but I really aren't, I'm not taking home the income that I want to be able to take home. Or I'm doing this and now I want to start adding people, but I don't know how to do that. You know, so that's usually where we're coming on board is around that three-year mark because people get more strategic about what they're doing um, and more intentional about it because now it's not like, oh, I can't, like, I'm trying to do this. Now it's like, oh, I've been able to create this thing that's been in business for a few years and I didn't close. So I'm on the right track, but what can I do to ensure that I'm going to make it for, you know, the next however many years I want to and into the future. And sometimes people want to be able to sell or pass down their business or, you know, they want to be able to have the income so that they can invest in another thing or do something else. Like that happens a lot too with business owners is once they get their business moving and grooving by itself, then they can focus on another passion project or another business that they want to be able to do. So there's many different avenues, but I would definitely say that those are some of the milestones that end up happening along the business journey. It makes complete sense. And I love the thought of that three to 10 year mark. Cause often when I'm talking with people and thinking about building a business, the question is, where do you want to be three to 10 years from now? Where do you want to be three mm-hmm. years from now? Where do you want to be 10 years from now? Because if you're, if you don't want to be in this business, realize we are building a business. This is not a job. And so yeah. there's a different length of time when you think about your business now and how you've had to grow to be able to serve at the level you're serving now. And when you think about your business in the future and what you envision for yourself in the future, what are some of the ways that you think you're going to have to grow to be able to support that level of growth for your business? So that's a great question. And one I've been thinking a lot about. So we're heading into our ninth year of business, which is super exciting. The last nine years have been full of ups and downs, both professionally and personally, mostly personally, um, which is, you know, where sometimes like I get into like this, whatever I call it, like pity party type of thing where I'm like, oh, I should be so much farther. But you know, like, it's not, you know, and I think you have to kind of just like, accept what's happened and like, understand too, like a lot of the same things happen to other people, right? So it's like, you're not can actually use these situations to be able to help somebody else to help with their business journey as well. And then it goes back to that grace thing. Like, why am I comparing myself? Because you can't really compare either. So like getting out of that. But I think with thinking forward and where I'm envisioning and where my team's envisioning and what we're working towards growing. And the reason why we're working towards growing is so that we can have a greater impact, right? Because that was one of the things I had to figure out was like, if we're already going to stay the same like now, but I think we have such a unique approach to how we service our clients. And we're always looking for, I'm always looking for ways to improve upon that to help other businesses grow as well. It's just like, we can't keep that little, right? Like we really need to grow so that we have a bigger impact. So then as for me as a leader, um, you know, one of the things is that I have to develop and I have to grow and do things differently than what I've been doing them in the past. So like one of the things I did um, probably about a month ago was I hired a therapist or I, whatever, went into therapy (laughs) Um, because there's some things that I needed to, I need to continue to heal from in order to be that person that leads, you know, a multi seven figure business, because that's the direction we're headed, you know, in order for me to be that not that I have to be somebody other than myself, I just need to be the best version 
of myself in order to get there. And that's, that's one of the things that I have been focusing on is like, how do I become and continue to be the best version of myself so that I can handle, you know, the growth of our business and my team can get what they need from me because I am the visionary and I am the leader, you know? So like, who do I need to be and where do I need to do and develop so that I can be that person that has the business that has the seven figures, (laughs) you know, kind of a thing. And that's what I've been thinking a lot about. And I think that starts from a personal place, you know, because so much of who we are personally, whether, you know, that's money management or leadership, you know, or anxiety or whatever that might be, like so much of what we are gets poured into our business and into our leadership activities. So we really need to make sure that we're, you know, at that level that we need to be at to be able to support everybody else that relies on us. Love your vulnerability and absolutely true. They say that the best leaders are vulnerable and authentic. And you are really Mm -hmm. living that and embodying that and sharing that on here is amazing because Mm -hmm. it needs to be normalized. Our past is Mm -hmm. what holds us back from being able to be the best version of ourselves a lot of times in our set points, our upper set points that we don't even know exist. And they might be from something in our past that we saw with our parents. Healing and growth need to go together in order to develop healthy leaders. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you're making that investment and looking for other ways that you can become the best version of yourself. I I feel like, you know, having a vision, which is what you talk a lot about, Mm -hmm. knowing what you're good at so that you can delegate other things, basically knowing your zone of genius, and then really being able to communicate that, helping others with their zone of genius and healing from the past. I mean, you're, Mm -hmm. you're checkmarking the most important things in order to be able to grow multiple seven figure businesses it's, it's not an option. This is, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Might sound like something that wasn't on the original business plan. That's why I say, you know, like how do we get leadership (laughs) development to be a little bit more um, important of a piece? Because who would have thought therapy was a part of becoming a better business owner and having a seven figure business? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're not the only one we're in this together. Well, I love everything that you have shared so far. Is there anything that you feel has been left unsaid or anything else that you'd like to express? I would just want to reiterate that business ownership is definitely a journey and it looks different for everybody. And so I think that's a big piece. Like, you know, that comparison piece can definitely be a a downgrader, but just like taking the one thing to focus on and improving upon that is such a huge milestone towards your business success, you know, and setting those goals, because most people don't set goals, believe it or not, like, and if you've been in our community, like, you know, around me and Jamie, we're part of the idea collective, like we talk about goals a lot in there, but there's lots of other business owners that don't ever do that. So you're already a step ahead if you can just spend the time and set some annual and quarterly goals for yourself, but then also just give yourself grace you know, as you're working towards those goals, because most things take longer than what you anticipate um, in business ownership. That's definitely one thing I've learned in the nine years. And usually that sales cycle, you know, it's true. It takes about 90 days. So whatever you do now is going to affect 90 days down the road. 
So just giving yourself that grace and then just really understanding that it is a journey. It's a journey for your business and for your clients and for you, but, but it's a journey. You, you gotta, you gotta keep walking and keep pushing forward because business ownership is hard. It's, it's tough. I'm not even, I'm not going to lie. It is the hardest job I've ever had, but it's also been the most fulfilling, the most flexible. I mean, when I get sick or my kids get sick, I don't have to call in and take time off. And that I feel like is priceless, especially as a single mom, you know, like that's, that's something I can't put a dollar amount on it, having that flexibility. And, you know, that's what you really have to kind of cling to is like what your why is and why you're doing what you're doing to push past some of those harder spots, because they're only temporary, you know, and a lot of times you'll get around people and you'll make the sale and you'll feel a lot better about yourself. Keep pushing through and have that grace for yourself. But remember, it's a journey. It's a it's a process. And I don't know if you ever really get to the to the end of business ownership. I haven't discovered that yet. So we'll see how it goes. But it's definitely a journey. I heard an interview with a woman business owner that runs, I believe it's a $50 billion company. And oh, wow. she said there is always another level. So thank you so much for sharing that. There are a few things that I would love to highlight out of what you said for myself, that 90 day sales cycle. I think sometimes even that can be six months or longer, depending on the, the type of business and creating awareness for that. Because like you said, otherwise we have this idea, we're in an instant gratification society. And the same thing with goals. If we think there's going to be this instant gratification, but one of the things I love to think about is that we don't get as far as we want to in the short term, whether that's Mm -hmm. a one day goal, a three month goal, a one year goal, but usually in five years or three years, we can get way farther than what we expected you know, and, and just creating space. I love what you're saying about that because in today's society, busyness is often Mm -hmm. the hallmark of, you know, success versus space. And Mm -hmm. as business owners, space is actually, I believe more of a hallmark of success. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Busyness is not a badge of honor. (laughs) That's the word. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Megan. I love this conversation and I appreciate all the help that you've offered for everyone that's out there looking to create the amazing business that they're being called to or the business of their dreams or supporting their family in a new way. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun. 